0: Hello and welcome to episode 53 of Just Keep Writing.
1: A podcast for writers, by writers, to
0: keep you writing. I'm Marshall. I'm Nick. I'm Will. I'm Brent. And Brent, welcome to the show officially, my friend. Yeah. This is awesome. yeah, man, it's
2: official. <laughs> Woo-hoo!
0: yeah, so if you guys missed our announcement via social media, we announced that Brent is joining as a rotating kind of permanent host and we're stoked to have him. And so he's part of now the intro, which is uh Exciting stuff. But anyway, welcome to the show, buddy. We're happy to have you. And yeah. you've been here, so we might as well keep you here. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's a huge honor. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. Like, I'm happy to be here.
0: Awesome, dude. And then, um, so let's get into it. So we are um, fresh off an interview with Piper J. Drake. Uh, that is episode 52. So if you missed that, definitely check that out. And um, you guys have any anything from that interview you want to throw out there? Since we really didn't get to do our normal intro for that. Um, so any reactions uh, or anything, any feedback from that episode you guys have heard or anything?
1: All I know is we stay par for the course for Piper and, uh,
0: we talked about food. <laughs> we talked about food. We talked about happy endings and what happy your afters and various I, other things. It was wonderful. It was a great interview. You can't really beat that episode. The, up, the upside is we've known Piper for a long time. And yeah. so it was just finally nice to sit down and chat with her for sure. So that was, it was a ton of fun. So definitely if you haven't listened to that episode, check it out for sure. You have nothing to say about it? Will? Oh, sorry. I
3: loved having Piper. It was great. We had a good time. Um, there's been a couple comments about how much they liked the, um, the ID. Did you guys see that? Um, the ID
2: board? Yeah. Someone commented on Twitter yeah. about how much they loved it. Like that concept and um i think she responded she was kind of saying like that board like helps you crystallize the kind of moments that you love in stories and can help you kind of inspire future scenes so i thought that was really cool i was like oh that's awesome like <laughs> with that been there for the interview like,
0: no that's awesome uh, any feedback's great i mean you know and, and like i said hopefully um you know once you listen to the episode and you know what piper has coming down um in the future hopefully we'll get her back on to chat about that stuff because that sounds really exciting.
1: Right? I think one thing I take away from that interview with Piper, and it's something we could do an entire episode on, um, was burn her experience in burnout. And then also her health conditions where she now uses dictation mm-hmm. almost 100% of the time. Now she can't physically write anymore. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I think those are two sections in that episode. You guys have to check out and listen to because she she perseveres, she moves on
0: and she's getting stuff done. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a really cool story and um really uh like I said, an, an awesome interview. So definitely check it out if you're new to the show. So welcome if you're new to the show, but also check out that last episode cuz that interview is amazing. And um, don't
1: forget, we've got yeah. like Three other episodes when of us covering mastering plot twists. Right. So if you were jumping into this on
0: chapter five, well, one through four is out there as well. Awesome, dude. Great segue. We are gonna talk about chapter five tonight of mastering plot twists, our ongoing series. And um, for me, this chapter, and I'm and I'm not gonna jump on Will's intro about what the chapter's about and what's gonna happen, but I think because, and I'm going to, I'm going to do a thing here because a lot of us are doing the NYC midnight short story thing right now. I feel like the plotting discussion is really important because being under a time crunch and trying to plot and draft a, even a short story or micro, you know, flash fiction or whatever that might be. Uh, it gets, uh, having this, these tools, uh, are, I think are really important. So with that intro, nice segue, Nick. Um, I'm gonna turn it over to Will to get us into this uh, into this chapter. So, go, oh buddy. great!
3: So yeah. we're gonna talk about TRDs, which, uh, if you remember that acronym, it's for plot twists, plot reversals, and moments of heightened danger.
1: I'm sorry, you said TRDs. Think? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to repeat it? Yeah. What does TRDs stand for? Once more.
3: It, it is from the a book, book, dude. Plot <laughs> twists. <laughs> Plot uh, reversals and moments of heightened danger. Are you are you just writing this down now? <laughs> yeah, it's killing me. So if you look, <laughs> I'm rewriting
1: it. it because I know it's in the book, but I also know some of our listeners may not have this book and really need that's, to understand. what That's why. That's why TRDs I just said it. That's, that's why, why, why I just it, said what TRDs
0: look on page eleven. It covers it
1: again. Look, hey, I'm just for the benefit of the listeners. Well, it's not bad to go over again. I well, like writing things down two or three times, so I memorize them that way.
2: I would say to the listeners, if you should get this by now, like this is yeah. a really good book and you will help yourself. So you should definitely just get it. Yeah,
0: and, and like we'll talk about the book and we have been, but like if you don't have the book at this point, we're halfway through this book. So get the book. Yeah. yeah also like too, know? that each... Each
3: episode is a chapter, but each chapter can be read without really reading the next chapter because there is a nice recap of everything that goes on.
2: Yeah, and I'll be entirely honest; like, this is probably something I am going to refer to for like quite some time after we're done, anyway. So, it's and, one that you can reuse over and over.
1: Yeah, it's a game changer.
0: I feel like. Mm-hmm. All right, so will now that we've covered TRDs, sort of maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you had more yeah, we on that, but we had to recap. Okay. Yeah.
3: We just needed to recap that. So why don't you start? What did you enjoy from this? Um, like, since we're talking about like New York city midnight and you're writing your short story,
0: what did you take from this chapter Marshall? Yeah. I mean, for me in the, in the beginning, I marked some sections and, and I don't know, I don't teach creative writing. I I, I am teaching English right now and I do try to sprinkle in creative writing. Um, exercises, you know, assignments for the kids. And then my kids are writing right now. My daughter entered a contest, um, and stuff like that. And, and one of the things I tried to stress, I try to stress my students and my daughter recently is, um, something that, that says on the bottom of page 110, uh, I believe the essence of writing is rewriting. Writing isn't typing. Writing is a process of discovery and elucidation. Like the fact that and and this is something I told my daughter before she submitted. I said, "Okay, so instead of going through and checking for typos, you know, punctuation and stuff like that, that's editing. That's that's stuff that you do before you're done. But if you're trying to craft a story, you must rewrite whole sections of that story. And that's I know it's difficult sometimes, but again, I think this plotting chapter will help really make that a little bit more manageable." Um, And the other thing that stood out to me, too, um, is on 111, it says, revision isn't tweaking. Revision invites you to truly re-envision your idea, your people, their longings, the emotions driven driving their actions, their perceptions, and your plot. Going back to plant clues and red herrings or false clues is inherent in the writing process. And this gives you, and, and what I like about saying that in the beginning of a chapter about plotting is, so if you are and, and they do mention pantsing, um, which we've talked about in uh past episodes, but if you aren't really an outliner and you just sit down, and you start writing, right? That's fine. But at some point you're gonna have to go back and revise. So Nick, I know you were writing a mystery. You might have to go back and plant stuff to make things sync up, right? And I can and, rewrite the whole novel. <laughs> I'm throwing this out there because I know this about you already. But it's funny, but at the same time, it's, it's part of the revision process and it's part of making this book happen, right? You go back yeah. and you say, okay, if, if at the end something happens, like, okay, they discover a thing. And I like the part in the book where it talks about the alley, like putting a door in the alley. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me laugh because it's like, sure, if you don't hint that there's a door in the alley before, then of course, when they get there and there's a door in the alley, they're like, well, duh, there's a door in the alley. This is this is cliche. This is stupid, Right. But if you say, if the character knows it's there, then it can be something clever you put in. But that's something you can build in revision, right? Which is what Nick's going to have to do with his mystery, which is what we're all going to have to do with our short stories that we got to put out, you know, at the end of this week, because um, I know for me, I'm trying to write this little sci-fi piece and I'm not, I know what I want to do, but I'm also feeling like it's not happening yet. I just want to get the thing done and then try to rebuild it backwards. If that makes sense. I know I talked a lot there, but what do you guys well,
1: think? I, well, you bring an excellent point into there. Um, cause I kind of feel like this, this chapter is helping me become a better outliner because I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a panster. I'm a panster through and through. It is just how I do things. And it's terrible because sometimes I submit and not even think about it twice. Um, and it's actually going back to a conversation I was having with Will earlier today. He go, you know, he read something of mine and was like, "You can do better, better on these things." But I also know just by reading it, you pants your way through it. Like it's just how it <laughs> reads. Like, and it was like, "Yeah, you are totally right." Uh, and so this for me is helping me kind of plot better and outline better um, to be more specific in what I'm doing and the techniques that I'm doing. Um, Question. Yes. Answer. My question
0: for you, at this conversation, when you. We weren't late. We had two minutes to spare. No, 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 no. But did you, (laughs) did you have, I know they were almost late to this meeting, but in the, in the course of the conversation, I guess what I'm asking is when you, when Will says this reads as you pantsed it, did you guys come up, were you guys able to figure out a way for that to come across differently in revision? Does that make sense? Yeah. Obviously you don't want the reader thinking you pants this thing. So right.
1: Well, you know what you need to do. Will's read enough of my stuff that he's kind (laughs) of secret agent over there. Uh, But yeah, uh, it was one of those, it was actually the, my first paragraph Mm. And, and some other places read like, Oh, you you're figuring this out. Like this wasn't exactly planned, um, but it's part of it. It's something that you know may or may not be needed at that point. Will can speak more to it. I mean, it's his comments I'm re- referencing right now.
0: Mm.
3: Um, it was just more of um, it was boring. It was not moving me to turn the page. Mm. He had parts of it that when you read it, it didn't really need to be in there it actually wasn't moving the short story forward if anything it was dragging it down and a right. lot of that is from reading next stuff is him trying to like build the world right And me and nick do this a lot we always give each other our first drafts which are <laughs> always like interesting no, so, no
1: not the best idea guys
3: <laughs> no but
1: i think it is actually well for me it I, our, I with our relationship i think that's good Yeah, that won't work
0: for every writing group, but I think it works for you guys because mm -hmm. you're comfortable with each other's stuff, right?
1: Yeah, well, and then I know I need to rewrite this. So I'm like, well, where, where are my points that you see as a reader that just don't work?
0: Yeah.
3: And I think the biggest thing of reading that, I would say for this book, for people who are pansters, this is a book you read after you've written it. Mm -hmm. So that way you can really go back and look and use those uh, tools to how to go forward. Because what you're really doing then when you do pants is you're, you're intaking this book after you've already written something, you're going back and using it as a revision. And then when you start to pants, your next book, you're going to intuitively have this in your brain. You're going to start thinking about these things unconsciously. And you do that through process of work, um, Brent, what do you want to add?
2: Um, I guess for me, like, so I'm I'm the total opposite. Like, I was a heavy outliner, like very much plotting, and so this 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 chapter kind of like felt like home, I guess, in a way, in terms of like <laughs> the crime stuff. But I I've actually had to pull away from plotting as much because. What I found not in the last project, but in the project before last, um I was so married to the plot that the story lost all emotion. So I had to learn to balance the balance two. But don't don't let me saying that take away from the good stuff in this chapter. Like this chapter is actually, is actually very good, especially if I think Will's point is good. Like if someone was the Panzer story and come back and deconstruct, use this chapter to deconstruct it, they could walk away with a lot of, a lot of knowledge in terms of like where their strong and weak points are. Cause some people are really good at like establishing a main plot, but have no idea how to set up subplots. And mm-hmm. I think especially with the, most of us being science fiction and fantasy writers, like you have to have subplots in the, in that genre for the most part. They, yeah, something that's, that's an expectation of reading. So, I think this chapter as a whole is is good for if, if plotting is not your strong suit. Now, if you're like me and plotting is kind of your kryptonite, maybe, maybe not, but
0: well, and I think, I mean, it, well,
3: sorry, should I go? You go first and then I'll go, and then Nick. Okay,
0: so, um, and I was gonna. Bridge what Brent said and what Will said earlier about coming back to this after you've written it. If you look on page 112, there's a nice visual on the plot, secondary plot, secondary plot, sorry, uh, secondary plot one, secondary plot two, and the primary plot and how those kind of intersect which if you pants a story or even if you do what I do and I kind of do a half ass outline and then I write a bunch and then I go away from the half ass outline and then I have to go back and like re outline re plot like that visual I'm trying to figure out a way to make cuz I work digitally better I'm trying to figure out a way to make that a little bit a, a digital version of this plot structure just to plug things in if that makes sense so that I can actually visualize it a little bit better rather than, cause if I start handwriting things or doing post-its, then it's a disaster. So unlike you guys,
3: I would say also going back to what Marshall said about when you're writing for, for um, you're not looking at the fine editing. You're not looking at language yet. Right. The most, in sto- the most important thing is story. Is your story grabbing the reader, bringing the emotions that you want, and is turning the page? Because when it comes to language, if you're using passive voice in certain parts, all that can come later. Get down those emotional beats that's going to push a story forward. That's the most important thing. And I speak from experience. I just had Debbie reread Paradigm Shift before I sent it to Brent, and she really honed in on on where my voice was passive, but she also really said, Will, I had to stop three different times in the story because I was getting so emotional. Mm. It brought me back to a certain feeling, and it kept making me want to read more, but it, she really had to like stop for a minute because she just kept thinking about her own life, right? Mm. And I think when you can do that, all the other language stuff is a work in progress that you can fix later. For you sure. Know? Get down those, get down those emotions. And I think to Brent's point when he was saying, you know, sometimes I get so worked up in the plot, I forget about characters and like, right, Brent, you said something yeah, like, yeah, that. Yeah, like and like emotion friends, and everything. Right. I think this goes back to what we talked about in um, the part two of mastering plot twists, which is like align your people with your conflicts. If you can remember while you're plotting to remember the whys. Of why your hero is doing what they're doing, why the villains are doing what you're doing, or why any character is in your story, I think those are some ways that you can emotionally ground yourself so you don't just focus on plot. Mm. What I Nick, you go, you talk about next because then I have another point, but it'll segue into a like moving forward of the book.
1: Yeah, perfect. I you know I was just gonna bring up I'm I'm an extreme. In a sense, when it comes to pantsing, Brent, you're mentioning you might be a little bit more extreme on the outlining and plotting and the things. But the book is working for the both of us to kind of bring us back to center. Right. Um, And so that's actually what I really liked about this chapter. Marshall brought up the the figure there on uh, page 112, um, the plotting roadmap. Um, And I think it's great uh, because I so I use a linear version. Of something like this um, myself to kind of plot out um, which I can show you guys later uh, and do a little drawing or something like that um, But yeah that's that's uh, that's all I wanted to bring to the table there on that one is just how two different extremes can still use this same chapter and it brings them to center
3: I would also that brings us to our next thing is about subplots right and what Marshall was saying is like, how can I incorporate this on a digital scale? Then instead of me handwriting notes, because it's a mess. So I think, uh, you know, it says right here it says to avoid becoming painfully confused when plotting a novel, treat each plot, the primary plot, and the two subplots I recommend you include as entirely separate mini novels. I think this is, can be really good. Of when you want to highlight a character's A plot, um, mm. which is the main plot. And then you have like the B and C plot, which could be still from the main character, but it could be side relationships or it could be some of the, um, depending on what you're writing, like what I'm writing right now. It's like, I have a crew of people. So I have the main plot of my main character, but the other two A, the other two B and C plots interconnect with the main plot. So I think instead of thinking it as like, where am I including it? Sometimes you don't have to write linearly. Sometimes, yeah. if you know that this is going to happen, but you don't know where to include that, write that scene. You know, write that out, and then go back to your main plot because you are instinctively going to know when the two start to emerge, right? And then and- you can even look at the C plot and then start to see where that's going to emerge. So, I'd say if you're worried about that, just just write that second plot and know that you're going to catch up to it.
0: And I, th- I think I'm glad you said that because I know for me, not my current work in progress, but my, my novel before that had so many different POVs and like character arts going on. It was an epic fantasy piece that may or may not ever be a thing, but thinking of it as many novels and even writing, and I have a bunch of sections I wrote out of, order and just like I need to write this scene of this character doing this thing. You know, and that can be part of this little mini novel that will weave its way into the main plot um when it's supposed to. Right. So I think that's that's a good rule of thumb. Sorry, Brent, you were gonna say something?
2: No, um I, what was oh yeah I was gonna say something. So uh it's to Will's point kind of um something I heard and I'm trying to remember who said it. Um they were saying that the first draft is you telling the story to yourself. The second draft is when you're working on telling it to somebody else. I want to say it was Neil Gaiman. I don't remember. But I always try to keep that in mind in the first draft, too, is that it's okay to, you know, if you don't quite know what to do or where to go, just to write something down real quick that you think and just keep moving forward with the story because you want to get it out and you want to tell it to yourself and I, I think this particular chapter, especially is a great revision chapter. Like you could use this for yeah. when you're done with that first draft and you don't know what the hell to fix or where to go. Like this chapter, I feel like it's really good for that.
0: And, and, and I like that you said that too. I I've heard that a version of that as well. And I actually had to convince myself to get past a certain point. It's, it wasn't writer's block. It was during NaNoWriMo. I was just, I was like, okay, I know I got to write this scene next, but I was like, why do I have to write this scene next? So I skipped that scene. I still haven't written that scene. I know what that scene is going to be, but it's like so, um, I don't want to say like visceral and kind of horror like. I need to be, I need to go back and really envision what I want to do with that scene. You know what I mean? I did right. a version of it in a novella that I wrote. Um, but this is in my bigger piece. And so I'm just trying to figure it out. But yeah, being able to skip scenes, write things out of order um, is, is OK, especially if you're working digitally. Too, you can plug that stuff in whenever you want. So. Yeah,
2: I have brackets to future me all the time. And I'm like, that's <laughs> my problem a couple of months from now. I'm not going to. Yeah. You know, and I think it, it, it kind of helps. To not be too married to, I think, because I think this it talks about structure being king in this. And it's like in the first draft at least, I don't think you have to be as married to it. You should have an idea what your structure is going to be, but I'm just thinking from my point of view, like in previous projects where I was so married to to the plot where it, it hindered. Yeah.
0: Exactly.
3: I also want to say, go ahead, Nick, what were you going to say? I was going
1: to say just for uh, Brent here, Terry Pratchett is the one that said your first draft is you telling yourself the story. Okay. Okay. I knew it was was
2: someone huge. I was like, I can't remember.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's various other quotes to go with that from other people. So Neil Gimme might be the second part of that, but I did look it up and I was like, wait, I know I've heard this one too. Now I got (laughs) to know who, But
0: it's it's a really good rule of thumb, though, for sure. So,
2: yeah, no, it makes it, it, at least for me, it takes the pressure off of being perfect. Like, again, I think this chapter is a great chapter for when you start, like, either if you're an outliner and you're sketching out the story, or if you're a pantser and when you go into revision, I think that this chapter is good for that.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if that's a, um, uh, what I'm trying to say. Oh, as far as like bracketing things to myself and stuff, I think this brings in the community aspect a little bit too, because I know I have a friend or two, one may or may not be in this digital space that will help me with military crap that I'm definitely not pulling off of my first draft, but I'm not trying to get caught up on it. I wrote several scenes in the last couple of weeks that I know are wrong. Like just how I'm a how the military is working and I and Nick helped me work out part of it um, via text, but it's like I wrote three other scenes after that and I was like, nah, I'm gonna have to get Nick on this one," um, and that's totally fine. But again, it's those brackets to yourself or my bracket was ask Nick about this stupid thing that you wrote because you know this is wrong. Essentially, <laughs> is what I wrote in brackets, right? So well, that's something to keep in to re-
1: mind too. Excited to do some more reading from you, Marshall. <laughs>
0: no it's um i, yeah, I like that you do bad.
1: that though um yeah. because I mean it's going back to what Brent was saying too about the brackets like I, I when I get stuck and I know I need f- like something the sentence isn't working the way it is now like it's getting my point across but it's not great yeah I bracket names bracket places <laughs> bracket like military rank bracket <laughs> there's there's been times where I'm like okay, I'm not describing this city very well or these buildings very well. I'll just put a bracket and say, describe it better, moron, like, so I can come back to it later.
0: Um, Or it's going to slow you down and you just don't feel like it. It's like, okay, write description later, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, because I think there's head spaces for those world building elements that I have to be in myself.
0: Absolutely.
2: I'll even do that for plotting sometimes. Like, sometimes I'll get to a point in the plot and I'll be like, I'll put it in the bracket of like, Someone needs to punch somebody. I don't know. I'll come back later. Like, you, know? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, You sometimes you know what you need to happen. You just don't know how it's going to happen. So yeah, exactly. I'll do that. And I I, I I think I do that, especially for subplots. I'm like, um, something needs to go down. I don't know what. We'll figure and it out later. But deal with it later.
0: Future, future Brent will deal with yeah. it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's really good that you bring up the subplots. In that one, because it just helps outline the structure and stuff like that. And I know that's uh, the next section here that Will wants to talk about anyways.
0: Ooh, segue. You're the segue master, Nick.
1: There is. But before
3: we get to that, I want to talk about, I want you to reference some books that you've read recently that interwoven a subplot into the main plot.
1: Ooh, I got it. Go. Darker Shade of Magic.
3: Oh, talk to us. I, you know what, Nick? That's so I'm, funny. You said that because uh, I was just looking at it. Oh, I,
2: I have all three in order of piano. really.
1: Yes, I haven't read them. I haven't read them. I need oh to. Oh my god, Marshall! I know. I, I know. I'm doing the audiobook of it. I said I wouldn't, but I was like, I can't help myself. I have to. Oh my gosh! It's currently probably it's it's in my top five of books I've read it or listened to in the last five years right now. It's it's a damn good
2: series. Yeah, yeah.
1: so I'm actually really excited for it. There's the subplots in it, tying in with the main plot, is done masterfully. Can you
3: talk about the subplot? Like, what do you feel is the subplot that interweaves into the main plot?
1: Oh, man. So... Spoilers?
3: Spoilers.
1: Okay, so... uh, Spoilers here. Um... Well, one of the main characters, okay, he's pretty much adopted. and, and Well, you know what? Well, I'm going to hand this one off to you because I haven't finished the book. Um, because I know th- the main character, there's, there's like four different versions of London. And f- very few people who have magic can go in between these different realms, if you will. Red London, Black London, White London and then just London, which is great London, but they don't have magic, right? Uh, Your main character is adopted. and Kel, as a- The main
3: character Kel. is Cal. Cal is the one who can go through all the different Londons.
1: He, yeah, his story is, is becoming really interesting as he teams up with Lila. Um, you start learning a little bit more about why he's part of the royal family, but he's not a prince. But they still considered him family, right? Um, And you're starting to... His personal like past that he doesn't really get into starts being revealed slowly, I feel like, right now. Where his magic's coming from, why he can do stuff, why why a certain group of people are after him right now, all ties back to Black London, which basically they shut the magic doors on and burned it all to death. Um or killed everybody. I can't. I'm right at that part. They're explaining it. So, uh, so yeah. I'm I'm only part way through the book, so I can't s- fully speak to this uh, plot for this one character, Cal. Um, so Brent or Will, if you want to talk more to
0: that and elaborate better.
2: I mean, I guess I can do it without spoiling you, Nick, since you are reading it still. Yeah, I was gonna
0: say I plan on reading it too. Let's not give yeah, away yeah, the big deep spoilers, it. but.
2: Cal yeah. so, is. A subplot is that Kel is doing something shifty that the royal family doesn't know about. And that shifty thing ends up tying right into the main conflict. And it's what kind of draws him into a moment of heightened danger since we're using TDRs. Yeah, it dry, it, that, that draws him into a moment of heightened danger. And, and it does tie back into Black London, like Nick was saying. So I'll, I'll leave it at that without like, I feel like that's as non-spoiler as I could be with it, but yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay. So I'm going to give a spoiler. So everyone's going to have to deal um, because this is the important part of subplots. Okay. Um, the subplots for the calculating stars, which I know Brent, I don't know if you write it, but I'm giving All it away. Right, so can, yeah, suck it that. up buttercup. Yeah, yeah, you can um, the part, the subplot for, um, the main character in The Calculating Stars is dealing with her depression. Mm -hmm. That is a subplot because we start to see how it's starting to be not the main plot of trying to get off of the Earth and also get women pilots into space. That's like the main thing. We're dealing with the catastrophe. The subplot is dealing with um, the main character's Depression. And how that interweaves is that sets the tone for all of the other relationships that she has with her husband, with her superiors, with her friends, because that depression and anxiety, you know, that social anxiety is affecting her to have that forward vision. So to me, that is a perfect A subplot, like B subplot to the A plot. Yeah. So if anyone didn't read it, well, now, you know, part of
0: the subplot, you'll be fine. Oh, no, it's and that's not too much of a spoiler. I mean, that that comes out pretty early on. I, I love that series. And I and yeah, her depression and anxiety is an underlying deal with all her relationships and every most of the interaction, especially her as aspiring to be what she wants to be. Right. Um, and that is constantly intersecting with other folks. Um, and then, of course, eventually it gets into, um, you know, how she was raised Comes into it, that's another subplot, how she was raised, and when the racism stuff comes through and how she's trying to rectify that and stuff too. I think it's, it's, and, and it's, and that's why I like this chapter and that chart too, is those are little, it seems like little things sometimes, but those subplots or desires the character has or even side adventures they have have to set, go back into that main plot. Um, and it's something that, again, if you're not doing it on the first draft, that's one thing, but revision is everything when it comes to making these things click. Right. right.
2: So. Go ahead, Brian. Ring shout. Have y'all read that one or. Yes. You recommended that to me. I it's it. On my yeah. list. What's it called? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. It's by um, Jelly Clark. Um, they have a, it has a really good subplot that connects into the main plot in that story. I feel like. So. The main character, she has a moment in her past that she is actively trying to avoid dealing with. And like, it's really traumatic what happened and she's doing her best to ignore that trauma and she's like suppressing the memory and everything. Without knowing it, that very trauma and memory that she's suppressing is what's drawing these Lovecraftian kind of entities to her because they feel like, Basically, there's a part, there's a point in the story. This, this might kind of be a little bit of a spoiler where the Lovecraftian creatures are like, you're black. You've had this horrible thing done to you. You've had this horrible thing done to all of your people. Why won't you let us consume your hate and let you have the power to, to hurt everyone that's ever hurt you? It was like, why? And And so she has to make this choice basically of like, she has this moment where she's like, you're damn right. Yeah, like, <laughs> and it's like her trauma, you know, comes back. She's like, this horrible thing did happen to me. Why shouldn't I take this power? So it, it's, it's it's a little subplot that ends up playing, I think, almost perfectly into the climax of the story. So I, that's a recent example, I think, of subplot colliding right into the main plot.
0: And it, it's called Ring Shout?
2: Yeah, ring shot. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. very good. It's it's about to have a TV show out of it. I think. One, yeah? One, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. And the cover cool. even the cover plays into the story too. Like I love okay. the cover that.
0: Like, yeah. I'm adding that to the list. Thank you. All <laughs> right, um, Nick. Were you going to say something? Are we going to move on to the next part? What were we going to say? Anything?
1: I mean, just to kind of bring it around more to Will's example with calculating the stars. Um, If you guys kind of want to know more about that book and the series, you can check out episode 38, our interview with Mary Robin at Kowal, where we actually discuss her most recent release in that series. Um, and we do talk about the subplot and how she worked that in um and a lot of other different issues into her series. Spoiler free.
0: Damn, dude, you are segwaying all over the damn place. Yeah, man. yeah I am, Nick, like what, what? is going are you on? you on a skateboard? Dude? What's going on? <laughs> Did you do that? <laughs> He's on a segue. <laughs> hey, he just I'm sliding from one thing to the next. I love it.
1: <laughs> I'm just trying to do what I can to make sure we're delivering the best content. I actually really like callbacks to other episodes. Um, and so personally, I want to get better about that. So if you know, you guys see me do that mm-hmm. more, let me know. If I miss something, let me know.
0: You're killing it. I love it.
1: All right, so, what's next,
0: Will? Let's go
3: to the final twist, right? Uh, To add a final twist, you need to have planned for the surprises from the start of your story by using one of these three structure techniques. A seamless integration, an unreliable narrator, revealed, or a wider lens. So let's unpack that first part. 118 if you're looking for it. Yeah, I'm, I, so I'm on that page. Oh, okay. right.
2: I was just re, I was okay. just through
0: it. I, was, I wasn't sure if like everyone else. <laughs> <like, "Where's that laughs> so,
2: <laughs>
0: well, I have a comment about the seamless integration. I find there are um there are authors that do this really, 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 really well. Um, I mean, obviously most authors should do this well. Um, but uh, Scalzi stands out to me, and so does Ari Salvatore. If you want to get crazy with are you laughing because I give the same examples all the time? Yeah, I think everyone is. All right, no, fine. I'm not <laughs> laughing
3: at you. I'm not laughing at you. I just, when you do that, I just want to pinch your cheeks because I think it's, I love that What's you go cute. back to them because they're your favorite.
0: They're my favorite. They're okay, let favorite. me find something else. Yeah. Come on.
3: No, let me find something else.
1: I absolutely, really? I love, I, I want, totally I want you to I totally fine with talk- it. I want you to talk about Salvatore, though. Because- yeah, it's
3: like it's like me going back to Daniel Jose
0: Older. How yeah, many yeah. times so do I even I'll, mention? I'll talk him? about yeah. Salvatore in a minute, but I'm also going to bring up um, an old classic because he's got a sequel out. And say what you want about um, you know Ready Player One, but he does a really good job of of putting all, even though it's a first person narrator, does a really good job of bringing the subplots in with. You know, he's got the um, the antagonist characters and he's got the the side characters with uh, Daito and Shoto. And like all those things seamlessly integrate into the end. And that climax is intense because of all of that, right? Because of everything he built coming into that. As far as Ari Salvatore goes, obviously that's all kind of DD ish. But at the same time, he does all these POVs, right? But mm-hmm. by the time you get to the third act of his books, you are, even though he switches POVs, you're switching POVs in the same relative space. And you've been with these characters this entire time. And you know, everybody's stake when it comes to the end. And so when he gets to the end, that's why it's so impactful because it's like, holy crap, these people are fighting. I know exactly why. You know how why the quote unquote bad guys are fighting. If, if, if Drist and the companions of the hall are fighting, um, you know, the Banderies and Menzo on, you know you've been with the matron mother the whole time. You know exactly why she's trying to do what she's doing. And you know why the companions of the hall are trying to do what they're doing. And when all that comes together, it's, it's, it's well, it's well crafted. And I know he plots like crazy. I know that. And oh, so, and he's, how, he's, he's, how many he's books good. in that series for drinks right? and Dritz alone. And, you know, and being able to bring all of those subplots from all of those books from that entire forgotten realms verse is Pretty pretty good. So I know I go back to it a lot, Will. So I just have to defend myself a little bit.
3: <laughs> I just I want to go back though. I want to challenge you though. Now, okay, sure. That that is great for seamless um, integration. That's what, we're, that's what I was talking you, about. No, no, I know. But can you think of like I'm even doing this myself while we were talking? Can you think of anyone who gave a seamless integration but then a surprise twist? When looking back, it'd be like, oh my God, I should have saw that coming. <laughs> do you feel like, does Ari Salvatore do that as well? Or can you think of something else that will do those two things?
0: Yes, but I don't like my answer. Okay. Just tell me your answer anyway. I want to hear. Okay. So because of all the, and you you guys will know when I say the author, why I'm saying this. Um, uh, Chuck Palahniuk does this really, really well. Mm-hmm. He does this very, very, very well. I have not read his most recent stuff. Um, I met him in real life; that didn't go that well. Um, but I, he does this really, really well. Unreliable narrators, um, you know. And I'm not just talking about Fight Club, the classic ones. I'm talking about you dive into Choke, you dive into any of these other ones, um, Invisible Monsters. Some of the uh, uh, ones I read around that time frame, he always has something there, and it's like, why didn't I see that before? But he crafts it in such a way that you're like, Well, I never would have got it, but I love that I'm here now. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah. yeah. That's my answer for m-
3: that. That's great. Does anyone else before I go have um someone that seamlessly interweaves all those plots, subplots, and then gives you a twist that you're like, Wow, I didn't see that coming, but that makes so much sense.
2: Oh uh, Max Gladstone, I don't always bring him up, but like yeah, he's, he's, like,
3: he's
0: like don't listen to Will Brent, You talking about Max Gladstone. He's like, do it. Writing,
2: he's like my writing hero, but uh, yeah, Max Gladstone he does he does such a good job with that. Like he brings uh, he'll bring like uh, the last the last um, craft sequence book I read um, there was basically a plot about a little girl like praying to a gargoyle that he somehow managed to connect to. A war for a city, and it all just came together. And I'm just like, how the hell did he do that? But
1: and it did, I- he did it in the in three parts, dead too.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, was he, like,
1: did, he he's I've really had, good at that.
3: I just had an idea. This yeah. is for later.
1: Okay, we'll we'll talk.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Nick, do Are you, you just have betting things have to cut out now, or what? What's that? No, 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 no. Oh. I have a total idea because this sticks into what we're talking about now. Right, cool. Can I go next? Because I'm dying
0: to go next. Please go. Yes. Yeah, Why don't next. you go first sometimes instead of asking yeah. us? Just go. Yeah. Will? No. Be- and then because we I'm can all- berate you when you bring up Daniel Jose Older.
3: Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring up two people that we like: um, Mary Robinette's Ghost um, ghost, ghost Talkers. Ghost talkers. Yeah. I want to say ghost hunters, but that's the show. Um, Ghost talkers. She weaves her a plot, her B plot. And then at the end, there is a big twist that you're looking at and you're like, almost near the end that you're like, Oh my God, why didn't I see that coming? I would really want, I actually would love to have Mary Robinette on to, go through the process of how she wrote it because i really felt like she wrote that book almost like a mystery and exactly what this describes
0: sadly i have that book and i haven't read it yet i oh. have it i have it in my i have it on my audible honestly it's just she is such a
3: good writer and craftsperson like i just love she her brain. she is like off the hook. I'm reading the glamorous histories right now, the first one. And I'm like, already, I'm like, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to read all the rest of them now. Uh, The next one though, which I think, I don't know if Brent read this one, um, was the first Mistborn. I think when you get to the end, I think things seamlessly come together. And then all these, all these things are suddenly coming out. That answers a lot of questions. But then also gives us more questions for the next book. And I think, that, next book.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I think what he does, but don't you feel though, when he wrote that with Miss Bourne, you still felt like it was a finished novel. Yeah. Right? No.
0: That oh, first okay. book, that first book can easily stand by itself, but it you're right. It does he brings all of the plots together masterfully. That mm-hmm. that's so well done. And at the end, you're right. You're like, well. I'm, I'm, I'm bummed I didn't figure that out. But at the same time, I'm glad I didn't because this is an amazing ride, but it leads into um, the stuff that he leaves at the end is sets up the rest of that trilogy really, really well. And he weaves sure. those into the second and third books and even into the other set as well uh, later on, which is really good.
2: He does that wider lens thing. Like mm-hmm. masterfully, like really well, boy, mm-hmm. the books feel complete. But you also realize like, oh, this world is much bigger than, yeah. you know, than you realize. And things are going on in this world totally outside of the main story. I, I dig that. Like, I, I'm, It's probably why I love fantasy and science fiction so much. Yeah. I, I want to know, I feel like, that the story I'm reading is not, is an important story, but it's not the only important story happening in this right. world. And, And I think Sanderson does that to like, just he's a masterclass
0: in that. what I think is interesting about that too, is he gives you the opportunity to put the series down. Like you get a complete story, but if you want to stay in this world for a while (laughs) with lots of words and lots of pages, you certainly can. Um, And and he does that really, really well too. Um, So yeah, I like that you brought that up.
3: Anytime. Nick, do you have anything to add?
0: Yeah, I've got, Plenty to
1: add if uh, time will allow it, Marshall.
0: Here we got a little more time. I don't, I don't want Perfect. this to be an hour and a half. But yeah, go for it. All
1: right, look, I'm just trying to pull up. uh yes, found it, found it. Okay, I'm so, so I we've got, I've got a couple books to mention here, right? Uh the the Simmons integration. I feel like you guys nailed it. You. you no more examples needed for that, um, but I wanted to bring up for the un- unre- unreli- unreliable narrator. I get the Christie. Um, I might have to bring her up. I've read two of her books now. Like she, she does a really good job at that. Um, but she also incorporates the wider lens um, with mm-hmm. that as well, um, to where she leaves just enough behind. Um, For you to pick up on things Um, And in reverse Two authors that I feel like Do a really good job Of wider lens Mixed with the unreliable 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 narrator It's a hard word for me apparently Okay Um, Will's just gonna like these ones But Lee Bardugo Six of Crows Um, And then Mer Lafferty Six Wakes um if you look at those with a, a wider lens first, she's they're they're both leaving plenty of clues behind, plenty of things behind for you to pick up on, but the narrator's not right there leading you along the way. Um so unless Will Will looks like he disagrees. Oh no, I don't disagree.
3: I was just <laughs> thinking
1: he's clearly
0: thinking, thinking about something else though.
3: I was thinking about uh, Gone Girl by uh, Gillian Flynn and also The Guest List by Lucy Foley. I think they both employ unreliable narrators, but mm-hmm. the pacing is so quick. And the thing is, you can really go back and read those books and be like, wow, all the pieces were right here. You know. And yeah. that is because she plotted it out and she did that seamless integration and you were like, Wow.
1: Yeah, and I I also wanted to to mention two short stories as well. Um, One is The Unrepented by Derek Bowden, which you can find on Escape Pod right now. Um, I listened to this one. I thought it was great. It actually touches on all three. Um, Mixing kind of – you can look at it either way, but definitely my recommendation on that one for the Seamless Integration, Uh, Escape Pod episode 766. And then also for uh, Seamless Integration – I'm gonna go with our good friend Aaron and Sour Milk Girls, yeah, which you can find with Clark's World, I believe.
0: Yes, Clark's World. Very, and I, and I agree with you on that for sure. Uh, I'm just looking through my list and I'm trying to find something else, but I think we have plenty of examples. Um, yeah, oh,
2: another yeah. one um, for unreliable narrator Pierce Brown in the Red Rising series. Um, his main uh. name- Darrow is um he's he's unreliable not because he's lying, but because his his perceptions of things color everything and like and when the twist happens or when you find out that a character wasn't being completely honest, it never feels like forced. It it totally feels like, oh of course it makes sense Darrow didn't that coming because he was too focused on this, or he was too worried about that. And I Pierce Brown does that to like uh I don't know how the hell he does it,
1: but he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs>
3: he's he's amazing. Those that whole series is really
0: good.
1: I Man, feel that's like a favorite part of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Let's um, just talk more about books. There's good. honestly
0: a series that I've never mentioned on this show. Um and I don't think I've I have not finished the trilogy. I've I read the first two a few years ago. Um, I don't know if you guys have read anything by Jay Kristoff, but ne- Nevernight. Have you ever read Nevernight? Yeah. Okay, so I'm looking through my list, and I was like, I have never talked about Nevernight. That shit is insanely good, oh insanely good. And ah, I think he the so the, inter- the seamless integration I think happens so well in that novel, um, for sure. So and and. Also, leading into the next book, I think I'm close to finishing the second book. I think for some reason I put it down, but I'm looking at my list right now. But that first book is phenomenal. So good. (laughs) Right?
2: (laughs) Just fucking, like, it's the way he does it. Like, you could not have convinced me that a a fantasy book with footnotes would be that entertaining. And And it's just... The way he twists the character, and he's a pantser, actually. So that's what makes it so interesting. Yeah, like he's a pantser, but you would not think it reading the book. You would think he intricately plotted out all of this yeah. shit, but he just goes for it.
0: Wow. Yeah, I don't know that much about him, but I that was the first book I read by him. And I was like, holy crap, I love this. I'm such and a I listened fan. to it in an audiobook like camping a few years ago. And I'm like, and I think I picked up the second one. I started the second one, but for some reason I put it down. But um, I would like to go back to that series because that's the way that, I mean, yeah, the footnotes and in, in audio format, it's really interesting the way that, the way they weave that in too. It's really, really well done. So if you guys yeah. haven't checked that out, Nevernight, uh, Jay Kristoff is legit good.
2: Please. It is amazing.
1: Yeah.
0: Will, I just recommended a book to you. Did you write it down or what? I mean, I feel no, he's like he's already
1: read it. Come on, I've already
0: read it. I love it though. It's really I good. Hate you so much. Okay, cool. I just thought <laughs> for some. I was looking through my list. And I was like, maybe there's something on here. Will hasn't read. Turns out untrue. I read it. I loved okay. it. i Hold thought on, it was, I want to see if I can, can some one cool that.
3: Okay, go ahead.
0: <laughs> Mark Lawrence.
3: Also, too is Brent. Brent reads just as much as I do.
1: I know, but you've been
0: harassing me longer than Brent. And I like
1: Brent also doesn't (laughs) give us a five page
0: list of book recommendations. Every time we talk (laughs) true (laughs) statement. All right. So let's wrap this up boys. I think this is a really good uh, chat, by the way, I'm really excited about this. So what do we, what What? how do you want to end it? Will? what are you thinking? You got something else to add?
3: I want everyone to just think about their stories. If you're in your work of progress, which is a novel, think about your um, main, your primary plot. And then think of your two subplots and how they can interweave and how you can actually plan for surprises by really utilizing what, you know, we're talking about in this episode. And if you, and maybe this will create like a brainstorming session, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe you'll think, okay, I'm going to look at my subplots as like mini novels or novellas and I'm going to include them. Like go on with your bad self, you Brandon Sanderson newbies and um, you know, like I'm just like, bring it.
0: Yeah. And I, I would me, say, actually. sorry, what'd you say?
3: I said, this helps me. Cause I keep thinking like, can I write more about paradigm shifts? My short story, which I know I can, I can yeah. always write more, but then I'm like, this is how I know what subplots I would include to make it to like even more of a plot. So there you go.
0: And, 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 to add to that, I would lean into some of the stuff we talked earlier on in the episode of bracketing things, leaving things, writing scenes out of order, stuff like that, um, and really going, having the revision process in your mind when you're draft, when you're when you're working on your first draft, because you are going to have to go back to this at some point. So if you haven't quite figured it out yet, keep going, just keep writing, just keep writing, and then come back to um, to the other stuff later and revise it. And, and you'll make it beautiful in revision, right?
1: <laughs> well, that's right. the whole concept here
0: is uh, rewriting is writing. Re- revision, revision is rewriting.
3: I have to say that being with the three of you and knowing the three of you, um, it's actually made me enjoy rewriting more than the initial writing. Because you've taught me that It really is about the rewriting is like getting more detailed and world building more. And I think that's really important because sometimes when you're first starting, you're like, well, I need to write something and it needs to be great. I need to have everything figured out. And that's just not the actuality of the truth.
0: The actuality is probably going to be crap and you're going to have to rewrite a lot of it, but it's going to be a lot better the second and third and fourth fifth time you rewrite it. So yeah, my fifth draft is much better than my first Fair enough. So
1: I just and I I kind of want to mention this as well. Are you guys not sold on this book yet? Have you not purchased this book, Mastering Plot Twists by (laughs) Jane K. CLELAND? No. (laughs) Well, just so you guys know, in Chapter Five, we didn't cover everything. We want to leave a little mystery out of this. So if you need also to learn more about controlling pace, linear progression, non-linear progression, that is covered in this chapter as well. So go out, you knuckleheads get this book, <laughs> follow along with us and just keep writing.
3: Are you doing cocaine tonight? Like <laughs> I, <love that. laughs>
0: I just like that there was a sneaky ad at the end of like a book that's not sponsoring the show. I love everything about it. That made me so happy. And this has been just keep writing a podcast for writers by writers to keep you writing. Check out our website at just You can find links to our social media and discord channel and the show notes as well as any other links mentioned during the show. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that is patreon.com slash just keep writing. Thanks for listening. Now just keep writing.